joining High Point Church Online. I'm Miriam. And I'm Gerald. And we're so glad to have you here this morning. And if this is your first time, a very special welcome to you. Um, Gerald, big holiday season coming up, coming on. This week we have Thanksgiving. We do. Um, and I know that because the family group chat has been chiming off the wall. Because okay. everybody wants to know, what, what are you bringing? What, what are you, are you bringing? bringing? So, see, Thanksgiving, I don't know which one you are. So, to mm. me, I'm like, Thanksgiving, I'm going to go see the family, or Thanksgiving, oh, I got to see the family. Okay. So, so for me, it's like, Thanksgiving, family's well, coming. That's why food is important. Yeah, but th- that's the worst part, because in my family, my immediate family, they don't eat the food. They, If, if pizza was open, yeah. we would order pizza every Thanksgiving. Yeah, they don't. They don't like the turkey and the, you know. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> but I, and, I, and I like and I like to cook. And right. and not to mention that oh. I am good at it. That's right. I you know said what? It, then I'm you know good. what? Here, this is how we're gonna solve this problem. They want me to bring something. Cook it for me. And I'll <laughs> I like over that. for dinner. I like that, but that's not <laughs> happening. But that's okay. <laughs> well, anyway, as we digress, welcome everybody once again. Let me just tell you a few things that we have going on this wonderful holiday season. Number one, because you're here online today, guess what? You get to do it again next week. Yes. That's right. We are having our online only service next week. So be there or be square. I don't even know what that means, but I'm so <laughs> glad that you will be there next week as well to worship together as a corporate family online, all of us together. And awesome. So then following that, the next Sunday or throughout December, we're going to be collecting canned foods and coats and toiletries. Um, for our community, um, we've already had people already bringing things in. Like I bought a whole bunch of coats in that awesome. my kids have grown out of. So I was happy to donate them. That's awesome. Okay. And we're really excited about our new series starting next week, our Christmas series. So listen, we have a lot of things going on, but also we're serious about our fun. We're serious about our worship and it's time to get ready to worship with our tithes and our offerings. As we get into this holiday season, you know, or everything's pulling for our finances and everything that way. But you know what? It wasn't, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for Christ, where would we be with anything? Everything is given to us fully, and we are to give a portion back to him first, our first fruits, our tithes, our offerings, as a way of saying thank you. So we want to encourage you to continue to give, and if you haven't started giving, start giving, and giving your tithes and your offerings first. So as we pray over tithes and offerings, and we also will get ready to bring up a wonderful sermon by Pastor Andy. So let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the season that's coming up. We thank you, Lord God, that in this season, everyone has a heart. And this is when we're drawn to giving more than normal. So we thank you, Lord God, that we will be fruitful in our giving. Our heart will be felt and motivated to appreciate the reason for this season, Father God. So we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. Please add a special blessing to all those who are giving. Bless those who have the heart to give. And Lord God, prepare our hearts now to receive the message that you have for for us, Lord God, from the man of God. In Jesus' precious and mighty name. Good morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. It's great to be with you uh, wherever you're streaming from. Great to have you here. And especially if this is your first time uh, watching online and participating online, we're thrilled to have you with us here at High Point. So jumping into uh, things today, especially all my movie buffs and TV show buffs, right? I'm going to draw you in a little bit on this. Have you ever been watching a show and 
you you're 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 kind of paying attention to the clock a little bit when you're watching a show or a movie and you're thinking to yourself there's no way they're going to wrap this thing up in time right like you're you're looking at the clock and you're thinking to yourself come on there's no way like the season finale of my show you're not going to be able to bring this to a place of finality there's just there's just no way right I, I'm a fan of Stranger Things to each his own, right? I, I like Stranger Things and this past season uh, with no spoilers, I was watching the show and I, and I thought this was it. Like I thought the show was coming to an end, like in all of its finality at the end of this season. And, you know, we're at the last, you know, episode, episode before last. And I'm thinking there's no way you're going to wrap this up in time. Like, you're going to give me one of those lame, weak sauce endings for a show. And I've been with you this whole time. And you're going to let me down. And the show ends. And it was good. And I was happy. But I was a little disappointed at the same time. Only to discover, however, that there was another entire season coming out. Right? And I was instantly so happy that I have one more season for the story to really come to its fruition. And some of you know what it's like when you're reading a book or you're, you're watching a movie and you find out like that there's more installments, there's another movie coming, right? Or it's part of a trilogy or there's more books, there's more to the story than you realized. And as we experience this in kind of the normalcy of life, the reality is that many of us have a version of Christianity or a version of faith or a version of God that, that feels like it's ended at, the, at season two, right? And we are unaware that there is an entire other season to be experienced and to be lived. So in other words, we have a, we have a version of faith and a version of Christianity that has the story and has the characters involved, but it doesn't get all the way to the, to the development, to the, to the fruition that it needs to. It's like we're unaware that there is another installment to the story. There's another season, a season three, so to speak, for you to experience when it comes to your faith. Many of us live a short-changed, undeveloped, Un, 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 come to fruition version of faith. And today we aim to do something about that. My hope today, by the end of today's sermon, is that you get season three, so to speak, of faith. Let's pray. Father, be with us today as we get into your word. As we get into the text today, I pray that we would experience not just some of the story of redemption, but all of it. God, help us to experience all of what you have for us today. Amen. Amen. Turn to Exodus chapter 14. A little context, if you've been with me before, um, you, you, might, you may know that I love a little backdrop and I love a little context. If this is your first time, I like to set things up a little bit, okay? God's people uh, have been enslaved in Egypt and God has raised up a deliverer named Moses, right? Most of you, even if you're unchurched today or new to faith, you've, you've probably heard of Moses on some level or some degree, 
but Moses is leading God's people out of slavery to experience freedom and, to, and God is leading them to the promised land, right? So they're experiencing freedom from slavery, etc. And this entire story, while true and real, is also designed to give us a picture of the kind of freedom that God gives to all of his people. In other words, what's happening at this moment in Egypt is a microcosm of what we get to experience in the big picture of faith. You have not been enslaved. If you're watching, you're not a slave in Egypt. You're not making bricks for Pharaoh. Yet every human being has known or currently knows what it feels like to be enslaved to sin, to have a master, a cruel oppressor named Satan who is oppressing you and has made you a slave to sin. Thank goodness for God's grace and for sending his son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and reigns victorious over sin and death and by faith allows us to experience freedom from that spiritual slavery. Before we get into all that, though, there's the literal story of God's people being brought out of their enslavement. That's where we are at Exodus chapter 14, verse 5. When the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, was told that the people had fled, like they've left, they've been set free, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and we've lost their services. That is a real nice way of saying we have lost our slave labor. So he had his chariot made ready and he took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were doing what? They were marching out boldly. That's what the Bible says. Got to get this picture. You have to see this. God's people are marching out of Egypt. They're high-stepping it. And they're marching out boldly. Season one of God's story in this, in this moment is that his people are, have become slaves. Season two is that God rescues his people from slavery and he sets them free. And for most of us, that is where the story begins. And that is also where the story ends. God's people are slaves. God sets his people free. And that is a powerful story, but the reality is it is not the fullness of the story. There is still a season three to experience there's more to the story. And what is that story? It's that his people marched out of Egypt. They marched out of that slavery and they did so boldly. They marched out with a march of victory. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is season three. God sets you free. And then he gives you the victory. Do you feel victorious today? 
Are you walking in the victory that God has given his people? Remember, everything we see in this story, while true and real for those people, is also a foreshadowing of what we are to experience through Jesus. Have you experienced, do you experience the victory of Jesus in your life? Does your life look victorious? Do you feel victorious? Are you winning? Or do you look like you've just been defeated? Do you carry defeat and loss and just, and just sadness of soul everywhere your feet tread? Or is it the victory of Jesus? The victory of God. Are you, does your life look like a bold march in the face of your enemy? Satan, your oppressor. Let's get a little, let's get into the Bible a little bit here. We're, we're going to get, I'm going to nerd out for you, uh, with you here in just a second. So when we look at different translations, some of you have uh, the NIV that you're reading from, and it says that, that God's people were marching out boldly. But that's not how all of your translations write this, right? Um, you have in the KJV that people are marching out with a high hand, and I quote, with a high hand. We don't use that kind of language. But you might be familiar with archaeology or even Egyptian statues and idols and gods where the hands are raised. This is very common and it is a picture of defiance. It is a picture of strength and a picture of authority. It's very common, ancient antiquity, to see this kind of imagery in idols and statues and in paintings. The high hand. Some of you are reading from the NLT. And this is described not as marching out boldly and not as high hand, but they use the language of fists raised in defiance. I love this picture. That God's people, God's people have been set free. And I want you to hear this. I am so thankful for the freedom that God has given his people. But I'm also thankful that what comes next is something that I get to experience as well. And there is a fist raised in defiance. There's a, a fist raised with a little bit of, there's a little bit of attitude here. Maybe even a little bit of swagger. And, and hear me, I'm not suggesting that every aspect of this was done, right? With a pure heart. I'm confident there was, there was some measure of this that, that, that went the wrong way. But, but understand that there is, a, there is a confidence, there is a strength, and there is an authority that God's people are walking in in this moment. They have their fists raised in defiance. They are marching out in boldness. They have the high hand, and they are living this way over their oppressor. Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They are marching out as though they are a victorious army. 
And yet they have done nothing to win this battle. It has been solely God, but yet they are walking in what? The, the, the boldness and the confidence and the benefit of their God. They are victorious and they are letting their enemy know. And this is a picture for God's people. Are you victorious today? A life of victory. It is proud. It is triumphant. And it is a bold celebration. <clears throat> we had recently at, at High Point, which is the church that I pastor, and we had a men's wing night. Right, it was a blast. It was fun. Well, what we didn't know was that there was going to be trivia at this at this uh, restaurant that we were at. It was a trivia night, and so you know we got a bunch of guys from the church that are there, and all all of a sudden, you know, there's just teams showing up, right? And they've got their tables, and the trivia begins, and we weren't even anticipating this, but all of a sudden we're in it, right? And we're, and we're into it. Right, it's it's high the high point men versus these other teams, and we're having a good time. But what's interesting, even in, in something as innocuous as trivia, we would get an answer right, and you know what you would see guys do at the table? All of a sudden, right, the fist literally is clenched, and it's like yes, ooh, right on. And there's the, there's a measure of just. Yes, victory, triumph. Was it arrogant? No, it was not arrogant. It wasn't, it wasn't this, you know, just repulsive thing. And you know what I'm talking about when you, you've seen somebody just walk in an arrogance. It, it, it's off-putting. It wasn't that. But understand that victory, it does have shades of, of, of such confidence that it can at times be misperceived. But understand that even as we are playing trivia, the natural response to winning, right? To, to getting it right, to victory was, was this fist clenched. It's the fist of defiance, the fist of, 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 of triumph, hands raised, fist pump. If you're a sports person and you've watched football in any, you know, Sunday or Monday night matchup as of late, well, what happens? You quarterback throws, you know, 30-yard pass and receiver runs into the end zone and scores. Well, what happens? What does he do? Almost every time there's some kind of victory dance and celebration and bam. And yes, at times, it also becomes something that you don't like. Right, a little, little too swagger-ish, so to speak, or the beating of the chest as if, like, look what I did. Well, when it comes to walking in the victory of Jesus, it's not ever what you have done. And it's always what Jesus has done. But make no mistake about it. Because Jesus won, you have won. And because that is true, there should be a bold, fist-raised measure of just oomph, of excitement, of authority, and, and at times even look a little swag-ish over your oppressor, over the enemy. That should be a part 
of what we are and who we are as God's people. In other words, you should look like somebody who's excited to be winning. You are a part of the winning team. God's people shouldn't look as though we are always defeated and down, downcast, downtrodden. That doesn't mean we don't have hard seasons. It doesn't mean that we're not vulnerable. It doesn't mean that you're not honest or that you don't have a bad day. But understand, in the big picture of life, if you have put your faith in Jesus and you believe what he has accomplished on the cross is true, that he has defeated sin and he has defeated death and he has given that victory to you. And even Christ's victory can be seen and experienced even in my dark days and even in my difficult season. Exodus chapter 12, verse 35. Love this picture. The Israelites did as Moses instructed. And they asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. This is as they're leaving. They've been set free. They're marching out boldly. Fists raised in defiance. The high hand. And they asked the Egyptians for gold, silver, and clothing. The Lord had made, verse 36, the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people. And they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. Those who were slaves, who did nothing but build the commercial system and structure of Egypt at this time, who spent nothing but their entire life for generation after generation, sweating, toiling, and labor, and yet receiving nothing in return, are now walking out with boldness, defiance, with authority, with triumph, with victory in their heart, and they literally are now plundering their enemies. It's not that they just walked out. They literally took from their enemies like a conquering army with the spoils of war. Fast forward several thousand years. And Jesus is our better Moses, a better deliverer, a true deliverer, who doesn't just set the Israelites free, but all of humanity. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It's eight verses here. We're going to read it. It's a little lengthy, but, but, but bear with me. Well, read this with me. If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you hear the victory in this? Do you hear the fist, the, 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 the fist raised? If God is for us, who can be against us? There's almost even a, a language of daring in this. Like who dare come? against God's people. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us 
all things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Once again, do you hear it? Do you hear the victory here? The language here, the boldness here, the triumph. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you hear the anthem of victory? Do you hear the triumph? Does your life reflect it? Are you victorious? Are you walking in the victory of Jesus? I don't mean that everything in your life is perfect or right, but do you on the inside, in your heart and in your mind, do you have the victory of Jesus? Oh, God's people were slaves. God rescued his people and set them free. God's people walk in victory season three does your life look victorious see sometimes and i realize this is a little bit of some sports analogy here but if you if you like watching sports or you've played a sport even if you haven't i think you can relate to this some there's something that happens when two teams come out to, to face one another. And more often than not, you're sizing each other up in the warm-ups. <laughs> this is reality. This is what happens, right? Even in some of the post-World Series interviews, right? Some of the pitchers are talking about, you know, like they got to come out and even when they're warming up, they got to look real mean, right? Because, because you, don't want a, you don't want the opposing team to see you kind of joking around or looking casual or not serious in this moment, right? You've got to be intimidating, well, you know what it's like as a team to go out and you don't have the confidence that you need to have? It's, it's not an ability issue. It's a, it's a believing a, a, a lie issue. It's in your mind. It's in your heart. And you can see it when a team just has lost their confidence in facing their opponent. You see it when a pitcher and a pitcher in baseball sometimes has to be taken out. And one of the things that the broadcasters will say is that they just don't trust their stuff anymore. They don't trust their pitches. They, they've lost their 
confidence. You can see it sometimes in a quarterback or a quarterback receiver relationship. All of a sudden, uh, you know, the star receiver goes down and the quarterback's got to, you know, learn this new relationship with the receiver and they don't, they just don't know each other well. They don't have the confidence with one another and the, you know, passes are dropped or they, they just miss each other on the field. Well, a lot of times when it comes to faith, this is what it looks like for us to, to not have season three, so to speak, to not be walking in victory. It's like, it's like God's people who know they've been enslaved to sin are thankful that they've been set free from that slavery and yet don't walk in the confidence and the triumph and the very victory that Jesus has given them. This is what God's people need to reclaim as we head into the, 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 the final weeks and months of 2022 and heading into 2023 to be a people walking in the triumph and the boldness and the confidence of what Jesus has done. <clears throat> Battle for victory begins in your heart. And in your mind. And that's where Satan, that's where he comes time and time again. That's where the battle begins. Is it not? It's in your mind. What does he try to do? He introduces a lie. And that lie erodes and corrupts what? Your confidence. Your confidence gets robbed. And now what are you no longer able to do? Walk in Christ's victory. Oh, you're, you're free positionally. You're, you're, you're free from sin, theologically speaking, like, you know, what's true, but you aren't actually experiencing it. It's like, you know, all the right things, you know, all the lyrics to the songs, you come to church, you experience the message and you walk away and you still feel defeated. Ever been there? I have. Well, what's at work here? A lie. What is at work is the lie of the enemy, which is why he's called what? The great deceiver. What happened in the very garden, the very first sin? Where did it begin? It began with a lie. Did God really say this to you, Eve? Did he really say that to you, Adam? I don't think he did. I don't think that's what God said. You can't trust that. You're going to need to take things into your own hands, in your own power, and in your own strength. And now the lie has worked its way into your mind. And once it gets into your mind, it wiggles its way down into your heart. And once it's got your mind and now your heart, guess where it plays out next? Your actions, your heart, your mind, and your actions. And what are we supposed to love God with? All of our heart soul, mind, and strength. In other words, our heart and our mind and our actions. This is where victory plays out. But the enemy would love for you to know all the right things and experience none of them for yourself. Do not be satisfied with a faith that has season one and season two but you never experienced season three. God has invited you 
to experience a march of victory. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul is writing and he says this. He says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What does it look like to walk in victory, to be confident? It's to trust in this moment. Right? That what God has started, he's going to finish. That means when I'm having a day, right? When I'm having a moment and I'm like, God, where are you? I can rest assured. I can walk in victory. I can be confident over my situation by reminding myself of what I know to be true. That although I may not see what God is doing, I serve a God who is good and great. And what he has begun, he will bring to completion. And I remind myself of this. And it allows me to walk in victory over my situation over my oppressor. I'm allowed to march in boldness. Understand God's people, when they were leaving boldly, it didn't mean that their life was perfect. It didn't mean that there wasn't trauma that they were still experienced from having been enslaved. It doesn't mean that there weren't issues and jacked up things that they had to figure out and sort out, but they still walked as a people in collective victory. And understand this, you're going to have days and seasons and difficult situations, but it doesn't change the reality that you can still walk in celebratory triumph and victory in that season and in that situation. What he began, he hasn't, he's not done yet. Psalms 27, three, David writes that though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear the war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Oh, I got, I got things going on. I got issues taking place. Maybe it's something literally as simple as sick kids at home. And you're like, God, is this ever, is the flu ever going to leave my house? Right? Well, you can just stay defeated or you can begin to pray with confidence. God, thank you. Number one, you, what you started, you're going to finish. But also, God, thank you for the victory. I do not have to be afraid. I'm reminding myself that you are at work. The war break out against me. Even then, will I be confident? God, you're at work. I may not see it, but I rest confident in your victory. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This is not your weightlifting barbell verse, okay? This is you trusting God in hard times. And you remind yourself of what's true, that you may walk in the victory that Jesus has given you. Fan into flame, 2 Timothy, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, that God gave us, it doesn't make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You do not have to be a fraidy cat. No, God has made you bold and triumphant. He has not made you arrogant. 
He has not made you prideful. He has not made you the kind of person to look at yourself in the mirror and think, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. No, 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 no. He has given you eyes to behold his glory and his goodness. And because he is so amazing and so good and great, we are filled by the spirit of God. And because of what he has done, it now gives me boldness to walk in grace and power and discipline because of what God has done, because of his victory that he has graciously given me. And I've done nothing to earn it. Hebrews 10, as we close with this, so do not throw away your confidence. Because it will be richly rewarded. Don't treat it lightly. Season three changes the whole story. That you and I are walking in victory. Victory is attractive. Victory is contagious. Victory. People love to win. They love to celebrate. They love triumph. And the story of Jesus is that our enemy has been defeated and you have been set free and you have been given the victory. So let's march on victorious. Oh, and by the way, you're not walking out of this thing empty handed. You're coming in richly rewarded with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Oh, it's not silver or gold in this moment like the, like the Israelites had leaving Egypt, but it's every blessing in Christ Jesus, his compassion, his mercy, his forgiveness, his grace, his patience, his gentleness, the fruit of the spirit in your life for your relationships with your church, literally over sickness, disease. God is your provider. He's providing for you. He's a miracle worker. He's a healer. What can you not experience in Jesus? You have the victory in everything. And even if you do not fully see it or realize it in this very breath and in this moment, you're going to when Jesus comes and returns. This thing will reach its full culmination. And the victory will be fully ours. Oh, we have much to celebrate. We have much to be triumphant about. Bold about. Fist pump, raised, excited, triumphant, victorious about. Jesus has given you and me, by faith, the victory. Victory over sin victory over death, and even victory in all of our various situations. Lay hold of it today by faith. Father, I thank you. Lord, in this moment, 
that we as a people, we have the privilege of marching out boldly. God, of, uh, of being victorious, of walking in your victory. Lord, we are not a passive people. You have made us bold. We are triumphant. God, our, our oppressor has been defeated. And you have made us, Lord, not just on the winning team. You have made us literally more than conquerors. God, what can the enemy do to us? Nothing. What charge can he bring against your people? Nothing. What can he do against us? Nothing. Lord, we thank you for the victory of Jesus. And God, we lay hold of it by faith. Let our lives reflect it. Let us walk this out in speech, in action, in love, in grace, in our very thinking and in our hearts, Lord. Our heart, mind, and actions. Thank you for the Go experience the victory of Jesus today. Go live it out. Thankful to have you here today as we worship online. We'll see you right here next week. Good morning, High Point Church. Online. Hold on. Let me start. That was actually funny. The whole good morning was good. Good morning. I'm here for you.